And we're back with JR Take Sportscast. As always, Jonah Hoffman and Ryan Rogers coming at you live. And we understand it's it's been a minute since the two of us have been the dynamic duo that we are behind the microphone. But we've uh, we've come together now. I've gotten over my illnesses. And uh, Ryan, how have you been? Been good, man. Been busy as hell. Got a lot of stuff going on lately. And uh, this last week was very busy in the NFL world with some moves that happened and with the combine going on. So, yeah. And, uh, I don't know if you saw, but Derek Carr just signed with the saints this morning. Yep. Uh, so he's got a four year deal with a hundred million guarantee, which Jesus Christ saints, like you're already over the cap. What are you doing? Um, (laughs) but on top of that, uh, the average is 37 and a half million a year. So I think that kind of sets a ceiling for the Gino deal more than likely, have you seen some of the reports coming out about the Daniel Jones situation? I don't want to read them. Dude, he apparently is asking for more than $45 million a year. What does he think he is? I, I don't know, dude. He threw 15 touchdowns last year. Well, I, I might have said this on the last episode. I wouldn't give him $45 a year. <laughs> yeah. I, I would he... make him pay me $45 <laughs> to even talk to him. <laughs> uh, yeah. I. Uh, the, the crazy thing is, um, I, I think he's not going to get anywhere near that from anybody. But I do think the Giants, when it's all said and done, they're either going to tag him which the franchise tag is like 32 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a little bit more. And that's the thing about the franchise tag that sucks is yeah, it's on a per year year basis, not as high as like, you know, a $45 million contract, but it's a guaranteed you're paying Daniel Jones, 32 and a half, $33 million this year against your cap. And there's no way out of it. It's just, it's a done deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the cap debt or the, franchise tag deadline is tomorrow so we're gonna by the time this episode comes out probably there may be a resolution on that but um i'm projecting that daniel jones is gonna get a contract from the giants because i don't think either of them want to do the tag and i think it's gonna be 38 to 40 million a year which is insane i'm glad i'm so glad we're not in their situation Mm -hmm. but i think that's what's gonna happen which is just bonkers to me yeah, no, no way am I giving Daniel Jones even franchise tag money. Um, I'm hesitant even on giving Gino that money, but... Yeah. But... Uh, Honestly, like, I know given the way the NFL is now, like, if you want even, like, a middle-of-the-road quarterback, you got to pay insane money for it. Like, look at Kyler Murray. Look at Kirk Cousins. Like, th- these guys are getting 40-plus million a year. So I know that's the price of admission, but, like, honestly, besides, like, a Mahomes or a Jalen Hurts or one of those top guys, like, I don't think it's worth it because you're basically removing the possibility of having, like, one or two more blue-chip players on offense or defense because of that bloated salary cap figure, you know? I also kind of just look at, like, all of the quarterbacks, let's just go from, like, eighth best quarterback to, like, 18th best quarterback. Um, and it it would help if we had those uh, those rankings in front of us. I let's suppose. just do this. I'll pull up the like passing stats for last year and we'll sort it by pass yards. OK, or, or let's do touchdowns because yards is that's just a volume stat. OK, so I'm looking at I'm looking at this list of quarterbacks right here in the top three right off the bat. 
separate themselves from everyone else, in my opinion, and that is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. uh, in no particular order. Probably giving Mahomes the the lead there. I would throw cool. Jalen Hurts in the Jaylen, top four. Jaylen, I think he's below these three, but I rate the way he was throwing in the playoffs this year. Like it's not a fluke, man. Hurts is playing like a top five QB. Yeah, it, we'll throw Hurts, and then we'll throw Trevor Lawrence in there. Mm-hmm. Everyone else to me, and don't I don't want to hear Justin Herbert's name because the guy's a five hundred quarterback player right now. Anyway. All of those guys that aren't top four, top five are kind of, to me, they're kind of all the same thing. Like, yeah, I think they, I think after the top, let's say eight quarterbacks, like, you know, yeah. fuck it. Let's throw like Aaron Rodgers in there. I'll and, throw Tua in there when he's healthy as well. Like, and even someone like Lamar Jackson, who is also in the contract conversation right now. I mean, obviously a generational talent, but he's injury prone. He has never thrown for 4,000 yards. His rushing threat is still what makes him dangerous, which you look at the shelf life on that athleticism, it's not nearly as long as the pocket passer, which you can make an argument on whether that matters or not. All that aside, um, he doesn't have a great playoff record. And I think what separates... what When I think about paying quarter, quarterbacks the top top tier money it's like can i win a super bowl with this guy or like because of them or can i win a super bowl with them if we build a super team around them you think about the rams with jared goff and even matt stafford let's be real matt stafford is not one of these top guys it's it's the question of can we win because of them or can we win in spite of them yes and i when i look at everyone that's passed like the top eight like I'm just I'm just just to name them so we get a clear understanding of who the top eight are. In my opinion, I would go Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, uh, Lawrence, uh, Hertz. Probably six would be Tua, seven probably Geno, eight probably Kirk Cousins. But and eight is like Kirk Cousins is the lead, the ringleader of all of those quarterbacks being similarly mediocre. Yeah, I feel so. Do we really want to break the bank or I don't know. Break the bank is the right term for it. But I just don't think paying Geno Smith 30 whatever, even franchise tag money is worth it. Like he can go somewhere else and we can have someone like Drew Drew Locke on the team for a year. Test those waters because if anything, I have learned this past season to trust Pete and John with the yeah. quarterback, and I'm just gonna let them handle that. We've never, never had bad quarterback play besides Charlie Whitehurst under Pete Carroll. It just the guy is he doesn't have the reputation for it for whatever reason, but he's kind of a quarterback whisperer. And I also really trust John Schneider's ability to evaluate um, the potential in quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Um, But on that same note, um, you know, like I love Gino and I would love for him to come back on like a two year deal. Um, Let's say 20, 25 million this year. The next year, like the cap figure is a little higher, but we have the option to trade him. Um, if he performs really well, but uh, to transition into the events of this weekend, because it all relates. Um, 
I want us to draft a quarterback this year. And I think I want us to do it at five. And I know maybe that's not something I've said a lot in years in the months past. You're or, buying into that, that combine hype, are you? Combine it's not fever. It's not just the combine fever. It's just the kind of dynamic of the situation right now. And I've just, I've been thinking about it a lot and it's like, dude, when the fuck is the next time we're going to have a top five pick and have the ability to even take one of these guys? Cause as John sure. Schneider said himself, they don't grow on trees. I mean, yeah, you can always, you know, try to get super lucky and get a Russell Wilson around three or, you know, a Dak Prescott around four. But most of the guys after round two are career backups or, you know, mediocre starters. That's just, it's just a fact, you know, Tom Brady's the biggest outlier in NFL history with the career that he had. And, and Tom Brady's don't grow on trees either. So they really don't. And that is a good point because the three quarterbacks four. well, okay, well, Jalen Hurts was a second round pick, but the the four of the five that I named top five quarterbacks are all first round early yeah. first round picks. Yeah, Mahomes is the latest pick of that group and he's the tenth. best one. Yeah, and he was a <laughs> he was the tenth overall pick. Right. And some people at the time thought that was a reach because he was very toolsy, you know, played in a spread offense, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm kind of done giving a shit about that, to be honest. Cause I think, mm-hmm. you know, I even look at someone like Zach Wilson. I think had we drafted him, like, I do I think he'd be top 10? No, but I think he'd play a lot better under Pete Carroll because we have a proven track record of getting the most out of these guys, and the Jets have a proven track record of being horrible to their quarterbacks. I mean, their best quarterback in their franchise's history is Joe Namath, and I don't even think he was good. He just made a guarantee that they were going to win, and then they won. Oh, by the way, their defense gave up seven points. So the Jets quarterback history is abysmal. And if they get Aaron Rodgers, he better play really well because they're going to eviscerate him if, if he doesn't, because that's just the way it is there. Um, Aaron, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets. You don't think so? I know. I, I just have you looked at the contract side of his situation? Not at all. I just the Jets like. I don't know, man. I, does does Aaron Rodgers get a say in where he goes? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, yeah, he, he's not going. The thing to the with Jets, the Aaron Rodgers me? situation is he has all of the leverage. Like, of course he does. That's yeah. such an Aaron Rodgers thing to <laughs> have in your contract. Yeah, and like the, the fact that he's like, all right, I'm gonna go chill in a dark hole in the ground for four days, and the entire NFL landscape is like okay Aaron you do your thing let us know what you want to do and like they just have to take it because he he has the contract guaranteed if the Packers for some reason were crazy enough to cut him the dead cap hit is like 40 or 50 million so they're basically just like chopping their balls off by releasing him and also if they trade him the dead cap is really high too so they can't demand a crazy amount of compensation for Aaron if they trade him because they're going to have to get that team that gets him to take on a big chunk of that 2023 hit. So it's it's not in there's not an easy out of this situation. And the thing that's interesting is I actually thought Jordan Love looked really good last year when he was playing and they've spent a first round pick on the guy like you're wasting that rookie contract by continuing to play Aaron Rodgers. Well, no one ever said it was a good plan, first and foremost, no. that the Packers drafted Jordan Love when they had Aaron Rodgers and he was 
When was this? Four years ago? It was 2020. So they drafted him, and Aaron Rodgers immediately had two MVP seasons in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so think of it. Jordan Love, three of his uh, rookie contract years are already done. 2020, yeah. 2021, 2022. Well, that's. I don't think that's such a bad thing because he has no leverage. He hasn't. The only game I've seen him play in, he looked terrible against the Chiefs. And they oh, lost. yeah. That was but that was a while ago, though, wasn't it? That was like 2021? That might, COVID-19? yeah, yeah. might have been around there. But even still, I don't know. I When I, I just, like, look at the way Rodgers and the, the offense started clicking at the end of the year, and I got to think that maybe he would want to roll the dice and see if things can work out this season i don't know i do you think aaron Rodgers is going to be traded do you think he wants to be traded i think it's going to come down to whatever he wants to do because after this next season it's a lot easier for him to be traded or released um but yeah the, the packers kind of just have put themselves in a quagmire with this situation um i never thought that the amount of years they put on his contract he signed last year made a lot of sense for them given his age and the fact that they have jordan love um but yeah my prediction is honestly that he stays with the packers uh because the only other options are the raiders or the the jets really um maybe a team like the panthers sneaks in but i the fact that aaron has so much control in the situation like i don't know it it seems like he either retires, goes to the Packers, or goes to one of those teams. Those are the options here. I could also see him uh, going to a team, or at least maybe wanting to go to a team that is going to be in a nicer weather location. Because yeah. Aaron is getting older. It's going to be harder for him to play. He's going to be more at a disadvantage than the 20-year-olds playing in the cold. Yeah, like for sure because he's double their age and, and he's had a lot of injuries yeah so i mean that's what tom brady went to somewhere nice uh brett Favre. i know it's, he went to two cold places but at least he went to a dome when yeah, he got older it's true so i mean i don't know it's it's gonna be an unpredictable off season i think but like justin fields could get traded we don't know like yeah i don't think that's gonna happen but i nor nor should it happen like if the bears do that they're fucking stupid as hell (laughs) but i don't put it past them because they took trubisky over patrick mahomes and deshaun watson yeah that's that's brutal i think with the whole justin Fields situation like he he still has a lot of room to grow as a passer for sure, but the talent is there, and his rushing ability is just as good as Lamar Jackson's at this point in their respective careers. So it, he's a uber talented player. Um, I think were they to trade him and then draft, I don't know, Bryce Young. Um, I think Bryce Young as a passer is better than Justin Fields right now, but there's still a tremendous amount of risk in that. The Bears' offensive line is horrible and Bryce Young is a smaller guy like he can't take the hits that the Justin Fields can um I do think Bryce Young is very 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 shifty and will be able to protect himself decently well but he needs to go somewhere that's not Chicago like I it just it's it seems like a dumb move in my opinion but who knows it's really gonna be I think one of the more interesting situations as the draft gets closer is what the Bears do with that number one pick because I think 
the most likely scenario is they just trade down one spot to the Texans because you got to think about it. The Bears probably want three options with that number one pick. One is Jalen Carter. The whole legal situation with him might throw a whole a wrench in this entire top five situation because uh, he's claim it's two misdemeanors, but the optics of it are not good and the potential character. Well, because he, did, he didn't mention it at, to anyone. Yeah. Until it came out and then he yeah he just kept it honestly after the whole malik mcdowell thing like i'm i i was really high on jalen carter and i i would still love to have him but dude you do not want to waste a top five pick on someone that like if they end up getting in legal issues and not being able to play like that's a franchise killer for a number of years and it did malik not having to even see him step on the field and think definitely of the, set us back and think of the trades we made to try to make up for that that fucked us over even more so yeah, yeah i i'm still shell-shocked from that i, I would take jalen carter at 20 at this point but i don't want to spend the number five pick on him it, like if Agreed. we if we do i'm not gonna be mad but i'm boy am i gonna be nervous because like he's the best player in this draft but he's also kind of the scariest because of of this situation. Um, yeah. But with the Bears, you got to think they're going to either take him or Will Anderson. Uh, both those guys, from a pure talent standpoint, are the top two players in this draft. I don't really care how you rank them. Um, or they trade down to, I don't know, nine or ten and take a top offensive tackle. Because that's just as... They're so bad on both lines that that's the biggest need on their team. Um, And they could net another first round pick, another second round pick. Like the bears, if I'm the bears, I'm trying to get as many top 50, top a hundred picks as you can in this draft. Cause the number one overall pick ain't going to make a giant difference alone. Um, So that, that's kind of what I see happening. And then I see the Texans probably getting Bryce young, but you think Bryce young, well, I mean, we saw it with Anthony Richardson this past week. Like, do you think Bryce Young will still be that number one quarterback I come think draft it, day? I think it will change. Because I, if you look around the league, remember last draft when everyone was ooing and eyeing over Malik Willis? And oh, they were yeah. like, oh, he'll go number two to the Lions. And then he I do remember that. wasn't even the first quarterback taken. Yeah, it wasn't like, even taken until nearly the fourth round. I do think this year's quarterback class is so much better than last year's class that it's not really a that like it, it it's comparable but it's not well but it's not just the quarterback position though they i feel like the media with all their fucking group think bullshit yeah <laughs> that everyone just like agrees with it everyone like oh this person was a top prospect during the combine but now it's closer to draft day and now we like this guy more for no fucking reason yeah which was like like the whole uh aiden hutchinson versus uh the guy that jaguars ended up taking i can't even remember his name which is obviously not a good sign for him yeah but he's not a good sign for them because (laughs) they tried to be cute and oh trayvon walker that's what it was they tried i mean not that he's not good but aiden hutchinson objectively had a better season yeah he arguably should have won defensive rookie of the year he had a phenomenal rookie season um and that's i feel like it's a similar situation quarterback wise where you know um anthony richardson is uh 
absolute freak. I guess let's let's just pull up his numbers real quick because they're that freaky. A 4.3 40-yard dash. This guy is over 6'4". He's 244 pounds. That shouldn't be possible for a quarterback to be able to run that fast. And he set the combine record for the vertical and the broad jump. That's serious explosive ability there. It is exciting. I'm I'm not... I would definitely have a huge grin on my face if we drafted him. I'm just I'll, yes, I I'll I'll get back to that later. Um, but I'm hearing reports of suddenly there's talk about him going number one overall, and that I feel like is kind of comparable to the Malik Willis thing last year. Um, I do think there are some teams out there because from what I've heard, there's not a consensus from the team's owners on who quarterback one in this draft is. Um, but the media's general consensus is Bryce Young. And honestly, watching the tape, I think he's quarterback one in this draft, too. Um, because I think Bryce Young, you start in week one, and there's a decent chance he's a top 10 quarterback this up, like top 12 minimum, I would say, with Bryce Young. He's that good. I dude. think he gives you, of all the quarterbacks, I think he gives you, like, of all the rookies, he gives you the best chance to win immediately. I agree. Um, but I do think. Uh, Moving on to the the next guy I want to talk about, I think C.J. Stroud also is like just below him um, because I think Bryce Young really hurt himself not throwing at the combine. I think that was a mistake. Like I don't care that he didn't run the forty or bench or whatever, he should have thrown at the combine because C.J. Stroud went out there and looked fucking godlike. Every single throw he had was perfect the way the ball leaves his hand was just clearly better than every other guy mm-hmm. um i watched a couple couple highlight videos a couple over the shoulder throws on the he, on the he, outside yeah he threw a 65 yard dime like yeah. that's there's not many guys that can do that and the thing is like i know this is a kind of dumb way to measure quarterbacks but how pretty the ball looks when it leaves their hand is something that always like because remember like some of the best quarterbacks I've ever watched, like Drew Brees, for example, threw a beautiful ball. Russell Wilson back in the day. Romo, Romo always had a really nice mm-hmm. ball placement, I thought. And same with Rodgers, too. Yeah. But uh, um, what was I going to bring up about uh, about CJ? Oh, no, not CJ. Um, uh, about Bryce Young not throwing in the combine. One thing I always think of is like how Pete Carroll... I remember he, maybe last year he mentioned how he doesn't like it when players don't aren't willing to compete put themselves out there and compete. Yeah, he I remember that he, he said that last year. I too. like that. I think of that every time I hear about someone like not like like choosing to sit out rather than perform and show your stuff like yeah i don't it's almost like like it either it's almost like stepping away from a challenge or Mm -hmm. like backing down and not not wanting to it's almost like like how when when people don't do something because they're afraid to fail like yeah that's kind of how i look at it like yeah and that's what i thought last year when malik willis decided not to run the 40 i'm like why like yeah just just run even if run a four or five that's a good time like yeah come on um, I, I just think, I, I think it's kind of a, a cowardly move a little bit. So, so mm-hmm. I agree with you, but I think that may be one thing that bumps him out of the number one slot is you had Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud. And I mean, some people were really impressed with Will Levis too. Um, 
there's teams out there that have Will Levis as QB one in this draft. I've heard a I'm lot sure of there buzz are. of that about the Colts. <laughs> I don't see it to be honest. I I know I like I think Will Levis has a chance to be a really good player in the NFL. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I think there's a lot of risk with that guy compared to. I mean, well, the guy puts mayonnaise in his coffee. So. Yeah, that's scary to me. Um, I think he has kind of a cocky attitude. Reminds me of Baker Mayfield a little bit. Uh, Not nearly as bad. Maybe I'm being a little unfair to him. Um, I just like he got up to the podium and he's like, uh, they asked him why he's throwing at the combine for whatever reason. He's like, because it got a cannon. And I want to show it off. And I was like, all right, let's see the cannon. And honestly, I was like, mm, CJ Stroud threw it way further and better than you. Anthony Richardson threw it better than you. <laughs> Your deep ball looked comparable to Stetson Bennett's. Like, maybe, maybe I'm being harsh. Here. I don't, I don't know exactly what that means, but I know it's not a good thing. Stetson Bennett is like your size. I know. I look at him and I'm like, you're not going to the NFL. Yeah, and Will Levis is huge. He's not as big as Anthony Richardson, but he's the same height and like, um, I don't know, 10 pounds lighter or so. So that's still a massive human being. Um, But I like he does have a really good arm, but like he was a little inaccurate in the throwing drills. Like, I mean, Anthony Richardson, the biggest knock on him has been his inconsistency and accuracy and lack of experience. But he looked more polished and accurate than Will Levis, I thought. Um, Just my just my take. But um, those those are your top four guys. And there's not a consensus consensus on who's going to go number one. But I would say my projected order of what they're going to go in is um, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. And I think the Levis thing, I just keep hearing Levis to the Colts and that's all I have to go off of. Right. You know, like it was like last year with the Steelers, I kept hearing, um, was it Malik Willis to the Steelers or was it the guy they ended up taking in Kenny? It was Malik Willis to the Steelers. Cause remember they were saying Malik Willis and, uh, uh, Mike Tomlin were getting along really well. Yeah. Whoever made up that fucking bullshit. That's the thing. This knows? is this is lie season, man. <laughs> like every team, every owner, they're all fucking lying to try to trick each other and use the media to like get other teams to kind overpay. of what we do in fantasy a little bit, yeah. but like times a billion. Yeah. And, like there's a lot bigger scale. There's billions of dollars at stake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a really interesting situation, but I think what's going on with the free agent market uh, with quarterbacks right now, um, I don't think there's anything more valuable for the Seahawks than to get one of those four guys because they're not going to have a high enough pick next year to get one of the top two guys because if they do, then I'm going to be mad and we're we might be looking at regime change with the coaching and owner and the general manager. And I just don't see it happening with the the roster that we have. So I think this is going to be our last chance to get uh, if we want to go the route of getting a top tier quarterback prospect and having them sit for a year, um, whether we resign Gino or one thing that not a lot of people are talking about, we can resign Drew Locke for three and a half million and have him be a bridge quarterback for a year. Maybe he plays great. And we can tag and trade him next year and start this rookie that we That's could. That's kind like, of always been like what I wanted to do. But it is really intriguing. Like when you look at these portraits of these young upcoming rookie quarterbacks and you're like, wow, looking at their measurables and like the thought 
of them actually being our quarterback is very intriguing. Yeah, it's a lot of it's fun. It's a lot more intriguing than, I mean, he had a great year, but Geno Smith or Drew Locke, like both yeah. of them. It's way more fun. Than They've exceeded two. expectations, but this shiny new toy <laughs> is a lot more intriguing. And I don't really even want Anthony Richardson, but like, it's hard to like look at the 40 yard dash time, the height, the size, the weight, and not and the arm strength, dude. And he, not he want can that. whip it. And yeah, like like uh or I guess that was CJ Stroud that I was watching uh throw the other day at the combine. But but yeah, I it is intriguing for sure. Will Levis, almost no interest in. I really hope we don't um I'd be fine with him at twenty. I do not want him at five. I d I don't think he's top five pick worthy he's also going to be 24 by the time the season starts too. I'm he's not a young player i'm kind of surprised that um carolina is so like they're so written off as drafting a quarterback because they just drafted matt corral last year yeah he's he's kind of an undersized guy and he already got hurt in the preseason last year um he actually i didn't even realize this at his pro day he threw the ball like 70 yards he has a he has a good arm but um he played in that rpo offense that's basically just like fake in college so you got to teach him how to play nfl quarterback <laughs> essentially from start yeah um but no i mean it's he's it is interesting how people i mean people are talking about the titans taking a quarterback this year they just took malik willis like i don't know they could they give zero breathing room for quarterbacks these days it's it's pretty wild yeah but of the top four and let's throw another guy in there too because we haven't talked about him hendon hooker um he has an acl injury he's a little bit older there were talks of us taking him in like round three i'd be down for it he dude he is gonna come into the league uh he's apparently gonna be ready week one health wise i like his name it is a good name. Hendon Hooker. I liked his interviews, too. He's funny. He's got a good personality. Um, but he's also, he's 6'3". He's about 215. He can move. He's a good athlete. And uh, he throws a great deep ball. He, he throws a moon ball, Wilson-esque. And um, I don't, he doesn't have the, like, arm or athletic or, like, pocket presence of Bryce Young ceiling that the top four right. guys have. But if he were healthy right now, I would be guessing that he'd have a bottom of the first round grade he was a great player for for tennessee and he's a winner so that's a guy that if we don't get one of these top four guys i would be pretty stoked if we got him in round two or three because i think you know like put him against a guy like drew Locke and see who see who the better guy is and let's let's move forward but um of the top four between bryce young cj stroud will levis anthony richardson which guy would you be most excited about if we got at number five? Was Bryce Young in there? Yeah. Him, obviously. He was my choice. Um, but I just man. don't see him making it that far. I don't either. I don't even see him making it past two, to be honest. But it, uh, yeah, it'd be if we resign or if we somehow draft Bryce Young, I don't want to resign Gino at all because you you want to play Bryce Young week one. Yeah, I. Uh, Bryce Young would be my number one choice. Uh, honestly, probably two might be the Florida quarterback just because the numbers intrigue me more than the... Dude, he's got the body type of Cam Newton, CJ, but he's faster and more athletic and can throw the ball a, a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, he's way more raw, but... Uh, yeah, let's let's just have you rank them. Rank, rank your top four. All right. Uh, f- 
one through four would be Bryce, Anthony, CJ, and uh, Will Levis. And honestly, like looking at all these quarterbacks, like with Hennon Hooker and Stetson Bennett and uh, the the TCU kid, it like TCU kid looked like shit at the combine. He ran really? fast, dude. I don't want to just make fun of a guy that for no reason, but I was watching him throw it. I'm like, I feel like I could throw better than this guy. It looked bad. It he was, he was throwing ducks on the five yard out. Like you can't throw a spiral indoor in Indianapolis on a five yard route. Are you serious? <laughs> well, it, it made me kind of got me thinking about Michael Penix. Cause, uh, Oh yeah. I forgot he's coming out next year. Yeah, well, he obviously, yes. He's chose, a lefty, too. Chose to stick with the Huskies for another year, which is very rare to yeah. do nowadays because well, I think of part the transfer of it is, portal. And, what do they call it? The the NIL money or whatever, now that they're getting paid a little bit? Uh-huh. I think well, that's a factor. I also think it's a factor to try and bump his draft stock for another year because if he has another good season, if he does well with the Huskies next year, he was already... Definitely going to be drafted if he entered the draft. Yeah. If he has another big season, he could like bump his way up and be like a top, like he could be one of the top four quarterbacks we're talking about yeah. right now. I, I think that's actually likely coming and, into next season. And I think that's probably what he had in mind when he made that decision. He probably thought, well, there's all these quarterbacks. They're probably going to be making bank when they sign top pick money. I want to be one of those guys. I don't think I have a good, very good opportunity to do that this year, so I'll wait and do mm-hmm. it next year. I also think that's why Anthony Richardson came out this year because literally after two games, NFL scouts were drooling over him because the tape, like, there's a lot of bad in it, let's be real, but the good, the highlight reel from his year at starting at Florida this year is fucked up. Some of the things, like, dude, who runs for a 62-yard touchdown as a quarterback breaking four tackles against LSU. Like, yeah. that's insane. So, um, yeah, no, it's... I, I guarantee you he, he his his team or whatever was like, you got to enter the draft this year and just blow up at the combine because you will get picked top five, top ten, and it's exactly the situation that's coming out. Um, but, uh, yeah, for me, I, top four is pretty similar I really like Bryce Young, um, but I'm going to put him for the Seahawks as number three. I'm going to go CJ Stroud, number one, because I think you can also start him day one. Like maybe you don't, maybe you have a bridge year for him because he's 21. He's really young, but I, he's so accurate. I think you could kind of have him play pretty similarly to what you just had with Gino last year. Um, and then Richardson, just because I want to see, you take this Madden creative player freak and put him under Pete Carroll to learn for a year or two. Like God, just imagine the best case scenario with an, with Anthony Richardson is like hall of fame talent. Um, worst case scenario is like Terrell Pryor. Um, but then Bryce young, just cause like obvious, you know, it's, it's going to work with Bryce. Young. I'm not worried about him not working out in the NFL, even though he's small. Um, and then Will Levis is number four for me. And honestly, there's a sizable gap like the top three, all three of them. I would be elated if we come out of the draft with Will Levis. I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. Like, I think I, I he see also just played at like 
objectively the worst college of the four of them yeah. to play football for. You know so, who I see a lot of in Will Levis? Like, so much that it almost freaks me out? Carson Wentz. I think they're extremely similar players. And, I mean, Carson Wentz had an MVP caliber season, um, but they both do this thing that when things start to go bad, they try to play hero ball, and it it can get ugly. So, I don't know. I, I really I feel like... Carson Wentz is and Will Levis are very similar. And hey, I mean, that might be like young Carson Wentz. This is the first round. I think he's a second overall pick. So like I see how it's worth a high draft pick, but I just don't know. Like if he's the only QB left on the board at number five, I'd like to trade down to like seven or eight, nine, and then pick up the best remaining player. I don't know. That That's kind of where I'm at with it. Hopefully like a year or two from now, Will Levis isn't like the number one quarterback in the league, and we like don't have to reflect on this. And I give him permission to track us down and beat us up if that happens because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've been talking shit about him for like a year. Yeah, I have for, like I no have, reason. I, have, I don't think I've said one good thing about him on this podcast, <laughs> and so if I'm wrong, it's it's gonna look really bad on me. That's how I felt about both Cam Newton and Josh Allen because I was for both of those guys. I was like, oh, they're going to fucking suck in the NFL. I definitely thought Josh Allen was going to just be Jay Cutler. I did. I didn't even understand why he was getting talk of being a first round pick because I looked at his college numbers and they were awful. Like, but since then, that's why I can look at a guy like Anthony Richardson and be like, look what other teams have been able to do. And I think we're just as good if not better at developing qbs than some of these other teams so yeah that's this is a very long-winded qb discussion but i think it's important and i think it's going to be the biggest topic from now till april 27th um and honestly what a fun draft season to be a seahawks fan like sitting here a year ago it's been just about a year since we started this podcast so thanks for everyone who's been along for the ride uh but we were talking about the wilson trade it happened March 8th, 2022. So we're almost exactly a year away. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking about the Seahawks one year ago fr- from now was awful. I was like, our future is fucked. What are we going to do? I didn't want Pete Carroll. I didn't want John Snyder. I was wrong about all of it. Um, and uh, now to be in the situation we're in where we have five top 100 picks in this draft. And we we need this draft is just as important as last year's, I think. But a lot can happen in a year. I mean... Like you just said, last March, we were on suicide watch because we had just lost the best player in our franchise's history for what we assumed was going to be picks that would never amount to what we had in Russell Wilson. Yeah. And lo and behold, immediately we were wrong um, following the draft. And then, I mean, it was also a wild summer just in general, like reflecting on as a Seattle sports fan, just because we had high hopes for the Mariners too, and they were underperforming. And so it was like everything about Seattle sports for me was like, holy shit, this sucks. And then they start doing good. And then the Seahawks do really good. And then the Kraken start. And then the Kraken do really good. And they're still kind of relevant. So it's like really cool how like sports, sports, sports will fluctuate and, Things will get worse and they'll get better, and it's just it's kind of the beauty of being a sports fan is the the journey and not the 
the ending. Yeah, I honestly these days I weirdly I think I have the most fun during this time of the year. We're like free agency starts a week from today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the draft is in six or seven weeks. And there's so much speculation and you like you're hearing all these the stories. Spring is like my favorite time for sports, I think, because, mm. yeah, like you just said there, it's like it's almost like so much potential, like, yeah. for great things on the horizon. Like you have baseball coming up and when the Mariners are good, it's a different it's different. It's mm. like when the Mariners suck. Uh, who really cares? I mean, objectively, Seattle fans have shown statistically they give a shit about baseball more when the team is good. Yeah, I mean, and, I'm I mean, the prime example of that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't blame anyone. Baseball is not an exciting sport. Like, if, if you're you, bad, it's not fun. If, if you don't, if you didn't play it, if you don't love it, like, I can totally respect that you're not into it. Fine, but I mean. It, when Seattle can produce a good product, we will we will put forth the money to make an effort to go and watch. And we proved that last year. But I guess my point is is like, yeah, I'm I'm super excited and the springtime always there's so much potential because of the draft and and I don't know. The NBA playoffs are happening, and, and free agency and, and free trades agency and stuff and too. All, all, yeah, yeah. It's so like the all spring the... is the my favorite time for sports. I think. For specifically for the NFL, NFL offseason two, like March, April, maybe beginning of May, it's the last exciting time till like August for yeah, football. That it's is true. so boring, like from May to through July for the NFL. Yeah, there's world. really that's like the that's like the true offseason, I feel like, yeah. for the NFL is May to July because you really just Yeah, like uh, after the Super Bowl, it immediately goes to draft talk. Yeah, well, because what July like twenty seventh is like week one of training camp. Yeah, and then you get preseason like first week of August usually. Yeah, yeah. So really, yeah, uh, there's like those two months of time off, May and June, and then it's football. Yeah, I remember last year during those months when we were doing these podcasts, it was like, dude, what the fuck do we... It was like? really boring, yeah, yeah, because the Mariners weren't winning either, so it's like we had nothing to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we made it work, though. I don't even really remember what we talked about, but... The only thing I could remember that like was a godsend that happened was the fight against the Angels. Oh, yeah. Because we weren't winning yet, <laughs> and so we had that interesting thing to talk about, but that that was kind of fun and then we started doing good after that so that was kind of cool mm. um so let's uh we just spent a whole lot of time talking about quarterbacks and is good because it's the most interesting discussion but uh, i know jonah you haven't really tracked what happened at the combine too much and i also do want to caution that the combine is not the most important fucking thing in the world i kind of I kind of want to continue to not track the combine. You, you'll be the combine guy. I'll be the non-combine guy, and that's how we'll do this experiment. And I, we'll see. I'm fine with that. We'll see who's right and who's like who's more correct with their predictions and opinions on these players. I, uh, I have to say, for me, the funnest part of watching the combine is just being like, "Holy shit, these guys are so." unbelievably more athletic than I am. <laughs> like even like take the broad jump. For example, have you ever tried to do that? I don't want to a shitty broad jump is like nine feet. I don't a think shitty. Well, I mean, you got to th- the way I look at a broad jump, a basketball hoop is 10 feet. So 
Yeah, that's, that's anyone that can dunk. I have respect for. I can't dunk, so I mean, I shouldn't be able to. I'm only five ten. So yeah, I mean, I I could when I was like sixteen and weighed. You dunk and I that can't was anymore. I gained way too much weight. Now I can't jump that high. But uh, uh yeah, I mean, people like six two, six three. It's it's not as crazy to do, but um. Let's just get into some of the freaks that I got my eye on that I hadn't really heard of much before the draft started. And uh, the wide receiver testing wasn't that great this year. Honestly, like some guys that I was really expecting. So I I, I guess let's just go position by position. So starting off with running back, uh, Devin Akane had an or a chain. Maybe I don't know how you say his name. Whatever. Uh, I, I, I don't know either. He's kind of a smaller back. I think he's like five, eight. Yeah. Five, eight and a half, one eighty eight. So not a big guy, but really, really, really fast 40 yard dash at four, three, two. So kind of gives me Tariq Cohen vibes. He reminded me of, do you remember Leon Washington? Oh yeah. He was about the same size. So I got my eye on him for the Seahawks just as maybe a change of pace kick returner type of running back. Yeah. Cause that, that is a need on our team. Um, but Bijan, he was as advertised. I mean, four, four, six, I, I don't care what anyone says. That's fucking fast, especially yeah. when you're five eleven and two fifteen. But, uh, the just absolute E it's a weird thing to describe, but the ease of his movement when he does things like he looks like he's not trying when he does everything. He looks like he's just like, Oh, this is so casual. And while he's doing that, he's running away. He's bowling over people yeah. like, He's he's got to be the best running back prospect to come out since Saquon. He he I remember when I was watching his tape, one thing I thought about him was he looked like a very balanced runner. Yeah. Like he looked very stable when he was cutting back and running through holes and finding holes. It, yeah. It I, did look like he was doing it very nonchalantly. Like it wasn't explosive. Well, it was and it wasn't, if that makes it, sense. Like I know what you mean though. It doesn't really look like he's moving that fast when you watch him but then you watch everyone else around him and he's like he's pulling away from them like yeah. clearly he is but he just looks like he's like taking a little stroll it's really weird <laughs> yeah um but i i think he's gonna be a special player i don't want us to draft him because we'd have to use the to- 20th overall pick and we have a, we don't we just don't need a running back that that high i want us to draft one but in like round four or five you know exactly um but another guy I, I have my eye on for the Seahawks. Well, I also like Chase Brown. He he's kind of like a Travis Homer type to me. Um, but Zach Charbonnet, Charbonnet, I don't know how you say it. Um, I think Charbonnet is is right. He's a big guy. You think he'll fall to us? It'd have to be like I think he might be there in round three, round three or four. R- running backs don't get picked that high anymore. So yeah, that's true. We'll see. He may he may be too high of a pick for us, but he's definitely not a first round guy for sure. No, Um, but uh, yeah, I think this running back group on the whole is like last year, you, you know, you had like four or five guys that came in and were really successful, you Mm -hmm. know, like obviously our guy canine, um, uh, Brees Hall, uh, what's his name on the Texans, Um, Damian Pierce, Pierce. um, then, uh, you had, um, Isaiah Pacheco end up doing pretty good. And then the guy in the Falcons, Algier. Um, but I think this year you may have more like seven or eight guys come in and contribute, get like 800 to a thousand yards mm-hmm. as, as rookies. Uh, I think this is overall a better group, um, especially at the top. I, I, um, 
Bijan to me is a better player than both Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. He's he's that good. But I don't want us to pick him. It, it'd be unreasonable. Yeah. But moving on to a receiver, like one guy that I just want to highlight real quick because I was kind of blown away at what he did and not in a good way. Um, Jordan Addison has some of the best tape. He's really small, dude. I did not realize he was this small. He's 5'11". He's only 173. That's that's featherweight for NFL. Yeah, but I, I have heard he can get into the open field like yeah. nobody else. That's the only, like, I, I remember that scared me, too, when, when I was looking at, like, probably eight months ago, I was already salivating over the 2023 draft, and I was like, okay, what are the... Who are going to be the top players? And Jordan Addison's name came up, and I was like, "Ooh, this guy—he seems fast as fuck." And then I looked at his weight, and I was like, "Oh, never mind. He's smaller than me." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the, another thing is his hands. Like having hands smaller than nine inches. Like Tyler Lockett catches everything, and he has tiny hands too. So like, it's not the end of the world, but it is a factor. I mean, it's it's harder to catch when you have when you have smaller hands. Um, but. The thing, like, look, it's not like four four nine is a slow forty yard dash, but the fact that Anthony Richardson weighing seventy pounds more and being five inches taller ran faster than him just surprised me. I thought I thought Jordan Anderson was gonna get like low four fours, like high four threes based on what I saw on tape. Uh, yeah. So like I I don't want to put too much value in fractions of a second, but. I think you want a guy to be uh, a little more explosive than the numbers he put up at the combine when you're that small, you know? Um, but on the same note, a guy that is really a size outlier being just so tiny, uh, Tank Dell, 5'8", 165. He makes Jordan Addison look like the Hulk. Yeah, holy shit. I was expecting you to say, you to show me someone that was like 6'5", 240. No, with the name Tank. <laughs> yeah. This guy, <laughs> this guy is in, he's one of the small, he's like, you know, like a, like a Julian Edelman body type, except for yeah. even smaller. Um, and again, another guy I was expecting to run in the four threes given his college production because he was a touch, he got 17 touchdowns last year. He's, Damn. he's, you know, some people had a, a low first round grade on him, but he they adjusted his time. But the unofficial was in the four or fives. And I was like, you can't you can be small, but you can't be small and like not explosive. Like, yeah, if, you, if you're having a hard time cracking four or five at one sixty five, like granted, I can't fucking do any of this shit. But we're not talking about me. We're talking about NFL players here. We're talking about the NFL standard. Yeah. 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 So th that was a concern to me. I, I'd be fine with because he, he could be a really good kick returner again. Um, and he's shifty as fuck. But uh, I, I wouldn't draft him any higher than the third round. Did to be uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba? So it, is, did he not perform at the combine because of his injury? He performed at the combine and he ran nearly an NFL record three, three cone drill, which is more about agility than top end speed. Uh -huh. I think uh, he would have barely cracked the four fives if he did a 40, just based on what I've heard, like four, six, four, five kind of 40. I don't think it matters. I think he's probably the best receiver in this class. That makes a lot of sense because I've heard that his route running ability is top notch and that's what makes him the best receiver in the draft well you know what is kind of fucked up and i know this is like very uh subjective but garrett wilson and chris olave both said that he's better than them 
So, really? Yeah. And think of how good they were the rookie year. Um, I just think he is someone that's going to be able to come into the league and just be open on every Can play. Can you click on him real quick? Does yeah. it show any uh, anything else besides besides that drill? Uh, he's got good size. I mean, this receiver class, one thing you'll notice is they're all like your size, if not smaller. It's really weird. I also really like that height and weight, like 6'1", 195. That's around Jamar Chase size. Yeah. And I think that's Justin like Jefferson's perfect, around that size, too. Yeah, I think that's like the perfect height and weight for a receiver. So, yeah, he did. He did basically everything besides the 40 in the bench press. But like, does I mean, the bench press can be a fun thing to see receivers do, because like mm-hmm. a guy I'm interested in us getting um, in the later rounds of the draft. Uh, I cannot remember his name. Let me look at it real quick. Michael Wilson, 23 reps at 225 as a receiver. That's a strong guy. Yeah. Um, so DK did 25, I think. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's a lot. And that's he, we more everyone than, knows how strong DK is. That's more than some linemen get. Like yeah. that's fucked up. But uh yeah, Jackson Smith Njiba, I don't know how you say his name. I think it's just Njigba. Njigba. Um I, I think he's wide receiver one in this class, to be honest. Um I know a lot of people have uh Quentin Johnson from TCU as number one I because don't. he's bigger. Um <sighs> I don't know. I, he had kind of a drop problem. I'm going to need to see another TCU guy be successful. Unfortunately, fucking Jalen Ragor ruined TCU guys for me. And <laughs> now I need to see I need to see living proof that one is not Jalen Ragor um, for yeah. me to trust <laughs> TCU receivers again. And the fact that they got their asses beat so badly by Georgia also just makes me like god like you guys could like not put up any points with your backs against the wall i don't know if i really want like anyone from that team <laughs> i will say <laughs> like the amount of georgia players that showed up to the combine and were the biggest fucking freak i've ever seen it, it makes sense dude georgia is insane like yeah. the amount of first round talent last year and this year that they have in the draft is crazy uh, but one guy i wanted to highlight who had never heard of him before and i don't even know if he's going to get drafted still because his production was horrific um <laughs> but bryce ford wheaton six foot four 221 pounds almost 10 inch or not, almost nine and a half inch hands long arms he ran a four three eight at that size and so if we're talking like sixth, seventh round pick, I'm totally down to take a flyer on someone like that. Because besides DK, we don't really have a big body um, in the wide receiver room. And the then- problem with this, with my take on that, Ryan, is how many times have we gotten like careless or not careless, but taken a receiver late or gotten cute with the receiver pick and it doesn't pan out. Yeah. And then we're next year we'll draft another guy that like we keep just missing and missing and yeah i don't know i feel like i like the idea of taking smith and jig bet 20 even though even though the titans got uh or the eagles got aj brown for their 18th pick like we i do like the idea of like maybe getting a proven guy as yeah. opposed to a rookie but uh, i I really like the the kid from Ohio State. 
I think of it this way. What if we get CJ Stroud at five and then Smith and Jigba at 20? That they already be, have the rapport. Like that would, that would be, be crazy. That would be like a Burrow Jamar Chase type, yeah. type situation. Which I don't know. That that's just to me, like it's not the most logical thing for us to do, but it's the most fun. I would be so excited to see that. I don't know, man. I think that would be pretty damn logical because we fill the quarterback the biggest question mark and he'd be wide receiver three in our offense like and that would be so lethal when when i mean lockett's getting older Mm -hmm. move him to full-time slot even though i know smith and jigba played a a lot of slot in college i kind of don't think that matters i don't i agree i i thought it mattered i i know i sound like a flip-flopping idiot but i have been convinced since watching a little bit more of him that it's not going to matter because his route running period is already like top tier Mm -hmm. and whether you put him in the slot or put him outside, like he's going to find a way to get open. Um, one other guy I wanted to highlight that I've been interested in is this guy, AT Perry, because he's another big guy, uh, six, three and a half, one ninety eight. People were saying he was going to run in the four sixes. He ran a four, four seven. That's really fast for a big guy. And he was a touchdown machine at, um, wake forest. So, it, this is another like fourth round, third round kind of guy. Right. But um, if we don't get a chance to take a swing at one of the top guys in the first two rounds, he's someone I got my eye on for day two for sure. Because mm. um, I think uh, everything I hear about him from like interviews and whatnot, I've done a lot of research in the last two weeks, and he seems like someone that's going to come in and be able to contribute day one, uh, especially since we don't need a number one wide receiver. You know, we have DK for the next five years um we're looking for a guy to fill that wide receiver three role and potentially wide receiver two in a couple years when lockett you know hangs up the cleats um but yeah that's that's kind of the overview of what i saw from the wide receiver group not as good of the last couple drafts for sure is, is my main takeaway uh this is a however an extremely good tight end class this is the best tight end class i've watched since i, I started. hope we don't draft a tight end i don't i know that that's we a don't good need class. to we don't need one we, we have really good to. tight ends let me let me propose a situation to you because i'm not going to spend a time talking about all these guys because they all look good most of them are big white dudes that can catch the ball and block really well but there is a unicorn in this year's draft and his name is darnell washington see i'm not that impressed with him because i got my unicorn last year in the colts guy Dude. He's also six seven, and he's uh, he's fifteen pounds lighter. But and well, and I guess I'm just, he's got eleven inch hands. I've, I'm adding to your point because the guy that uh, I'm talking about, I don't even remember his goddamn name, Jelani Woods. Mm-hmm. He showed sl- flashes of being an Antonio Gates type of player, but of course the Colts had no idea how to use any of their talented players, so he. Every time he caught a 50-yard pass, they just put him on the bench for the rest of the game. Yeah, the Colts were so so frustrating that, like, I had Alec Pierce, and Matt Ryan just did not throw him the ball. And then when he got hurt and someone else came in, he got, like, 80 yards and a touchdown. I was like, come on, throw him the fucking ball. Yeah. Um, But Darnell Washington, here's the thing. We don't need a tight end at all. We have a great tight end room, and they're all under contract. (laughs) He looks like he's 40. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is just a bad photo because he looks pretty normal at the combine. I mean, he just looks like he's he shouldn't be. How old is he? Twenty one. Yeah, something. Yeah, he's like twenty one years old. He looks way older than me, dude. He was one of the (laughs) biggest players at the combine. And if you watch his tape, like, here's the thing. If 
we hypothetically traded Noah Fant for like a fourth round pick, I'm down to take him in the second or third round because like, let me put it to you this way. This guy has the measurables of a Gronkowski. If, if there's even a chance you can get that out of this guy, why not take him? You know, like you can build explosiveness and power from different positions and got it. All, it'd be like having LeBron at basically. End. Yeah. Those are like, that's like the same size. <laughs> and he ran a four, six being that big. That's, yeah, that's, that's fucked up. And, uh, I, I don't really know the context of the other, uh, measurables besides like, I don't know, 21 reps and the, the 20 yard shuttle putting up 4.08. That's a 10th of a second slower than Jackson Smith and Jiba did. That's, insane um so and also he made a highlight reel jumping up odell one-handed catch during the combine so like he he's got really good hands and they're giant 11 inches that is like out to here that's ridiculous um so i don't really give a shit about drafting a tight end but if we do draft this guy he's gonna be he's gonna be a freak yeah um offensive lineman i don't think this is a great offensive line draft um Honestly, I don't even really care about talking about it too much. There wasn't anyone that stood out as like, you know, 497 being the fastest 40 for any offensive lineman. I I'm going to, I don't care about the offensive line in this draft because we already got our guys. The only guy I care about really is getting a center. We got to get one of these guys. I want Luke Whipler, Whipler, however you say it. I think he's going to end up being the best center. I know there's a guy out of Minnesota, John Michael Schmitz. Yeah. So uh, I I would be fine with us getting him, but I don't want to draft him in the first round because this isn't. <laughs> I know he's kind of got a funny picture. Uh, this isn't a Tyler Linderbaum or a Creed Humphrey we're talking about here. This guy athletically is not. Yeah, this is a Michael Schmidt we're talking. <laughs> here. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, he's he's not as nearly as athletic as those guys. So like I I think he'd be our starter, but like take him in the bottom of the second round. Don't spend a first round pick on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. Uh, Luke Whipler, who's a little more athletic, um, especially in the Shane Waldron offense, like you're going to be pulling guards a lot, you know, like it, the profile that we're looking for is more of a stout athletic center, not like a super tall, slow guy. So um, we we have to draft a center in this class, but I don't want to use a first round pick on it. I, I'd be most uh, down with a third round pick, honestly, but I, I digress. Mm-hmm. Moving on to some more fun topics of conversation. This is a great edge class. Like this is, this is one of the deeper edge classes I've seen. And, uh, one guy who we could get at the top of the first, like pick 20, uh, Nolan Smith, dude, he ran a four, three as a pass rusher. That is so insane. And maybe it's not like, I don't know. I think it is a need on our defense. Cause our pass rush was still bad last year. So, um, I, I don't know if he's someone we're really going to be targeting cause he's a bit smaller, but really, really good combine. You had a bunch of guys running the four fours and one guy I wanted to highlight and look, I don't know how to say his fucking name. So I'm just going to say the guy from Northwestern that is, we'll a just freak. call him eight, aid. eight, <laughs> aid. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, he's six, two, 280 pounds, ran what? a fucking four, four, nine. That shouldn't be possible. That's- and yeah. Not only that, yeah. but uh, he played at the senior bowl and was like bowling over all of these offensive line prospects that are going to get drafted this year. So like <laughs> he's got power too. Um, 
this is a guy we could get in the second round potentially. And uh, you could play him at three, four defensive end, what Shelby Harris plays. I, I'm down for it. That's, that's, that's one of the guys I have my eye on, but honestly, uh, like Lucas Van Ness looked really good. Will Anderson is, was as advertised. Didn't run an elite 40. I don't care. He's a great player. Um, this is a good year to be looking for defensive linemen for sure. Cause uh, if you go to the bigger bodies, Kalijah Cansey, same school and roughly same size as Aaron Donald. He actually broke Aaron Donald's record for the 40 yard dash for defensive tackles by a hundredth of a second. So it, virtually tied chill yeah but uh yeah i mean this is another guy that the top two rounds we could go after um honestly the, the list g- goes on with these guys but um this is we're in a really good spot to be needing defensive linemen in this draft because it, it looks like overall probably a better class than than last year at least as far as depth goes um and then the rest of them i'm gonna kind of breeze through because I think the exciting stuff stops when you stop talking about offense, to be honest. Agreed. Um, but uh, the linebacker group, not a great linebacker class, but one guy I want to highlight, uh, Jack Campbell. Maybe there in the third round or uh, late second. Um, but He looks a- like that name and that image just looks like someone from Iowa. I know. And he, he like... <laughs> Honestly, Iowa keeps coming out with great defensive players. Like, uh, he's a big guy, 6'5", 250, ran a 4'65". Um, didn't do the bench, but obviously he, like, he's, he's a thumper, so to speak. He hits guys hard. He, we need a linebacker that knows how to fucking stop the run. Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton were both bad at it last year. Um, I think he's someone that he maybe he's not a superstar, but he's going to be a tackle machine. He can cover. Um, I I just think to be more physical, we need a little more weight in the linebacker room. Another guy we looked at, uh, Diane Henley from WSU. I like him. He's only 225. Like, I don't know. I I don't think that's going to help our run defense when you have a smaller guy trying to stop bigger players. Yeah. Um, But uh yeah, th- it's not a great linebacker group this year. Trenton Simpson is probably going to be the first guy off the board, and he's also undersized. Another guy that's in, well, he's 235, so a bit bigger. But um, I remember back in the day, linebacker was like 240, 250, 260. And as the game is changing, they're getting lighter. But mm-hmm. Cody Barton is like, I think, 230s. I just don't think a guy that small, unless they're truly a special talent, can hang with these offensive guards coming to block them and with yeah. these tight ends. And, you know, um, so I definitely think we need to take a linebacker or two in this draft, but uh, Jack Campbell's the only name that I really am interested in. Yeah. Um, I know corner probably isn't a top need, but just a couple guys to highlight DJ Turner ran a blazing 40 speed, same time as Tariq Woolen. I think he's a bit smaller though. Uh, at 5'11", 178, he's not tiny, but uh, he's not 6'4", and 210 like Tariq Woolen. So, yeah. Um, but uh, this is a guy we actually had a pre-combine meeting with, Kalei Ringo. He's a bigger body corner, 6'2", 207. For some reason, has tiny baby hands for that big body. doesn't make a lot of sense. Hmm. Um, oh, he's from Tacoma. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize that. But just the height and weight and... Four three six forty. I mean, I don't want to spend a first on a corner, but if this guy falls to us in round two or three, 
You also went to Georgia, so exactly. I like that. Yeah, and that that uh, defensive pass rusher, Nolan Smith, also went to Georgia that ran mm-hmm. the 4-3 as a pass rusher. Um, so, yeah, there's a... It, when it comes to the defensive backfield, there's I don't really recognize a lot of these names, but I'll just highlight some that I've heard us link to. So Sidney Brown, uh, mid-round safety prospect, probably around four or five, maybe around three at the highest. Uh, put up 23 reps on the bench press, weighing 211. That's that's pretty impressive. That is, damn, yeah. Um, with uh, Jamal Adams' injuries and Quandre Diggs' injuries and both of their age, plus Ryan Neal being a restricted free agent, um, it's not like a huge need of our team, but I, it's something we should maybe take a look at in the mid-rounds for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, that's where we drafted Cam Chancellor's fifth-round pick. So... Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the uh, the main like freaks and just notable players I watched at the combine this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what any takeaways from all that or I pretty much said all I needed to say. Uh, I don't really. I kind of hope we don't draft a, cor- a corner um, safety like you said, late round fifth at the earliest. In my opinion, um, is what I would hope to see. Um, yeah, I guess I, after this podcast, I feel like I, I want a quarterback a little bit more than I did when this started just because yeah, yeah. Like getting a defensive guy would be great. The only time, or I guess the only scenario I would say that I would not want a quarterback. And I think this is the scenario that I would want the most out of any scenario for us to trade the pick or whatever is trading the pick to Carolina, trading back to their pick, the ninth pick, mm-hmm. and then getting their first next year. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Because I think that they would end up with a Will Levis, and I don't think that they would have a, a successful first season. I, that's yeah, a lot if, of if we have three top 10 picks three years in a row that would really really set us up for a great like 2025 that, which is, yeah that should be the move you know that's the only scenario that i would do above anything else like yeah it would be a bummer to not get that quarterback but i mean i didn't want that situation an hour and a half ago so yeah <laughs> I, I, my, my dream scenario, honestly, number one dream scenario is if somehow Will Anderson falls to us because I think he's going to be so good in the NFL that it's almost as impactful as having that quarterback. Cause I mean, he just, he's going to be an instant impact player. Right. Um, but, uh, then after that, I would like either CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson. Cause I just, I don't see any scenario where Bryce Young falls to us. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, but beyond that, like Jalen Carter suddenly horrifies me. Tyree Wilson is some people have him above, um, Will Anderson. He, to me, he's a clone of Carlos Dunlap, which is a great player, but I don't know if I want to spend the fifth overall pick on that, to be honest. So, um, if to me, if Will Anderson, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Richardson are all gone at pick five, I'm trading down just as you say, because I think we we have a lot of holes to fill on this team still. It's we can't even do it all in one draft and free agency. So we gotta we gotta keep thinking going through this soft rebuild we've been doing of the Seattle Seahawks and look to 2024. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm with you there. I also 
I feel like this is kind of a big what if, but I heard this the other day and I I thought it was a kind of an intriguing um prospect, if you will, but do you think maybe there there are talks between Gino and the Seahawks of maybe making like maybe a verbal agreement to a contract, but not I don't know, when do they have to sign Gino? Because could they do it in the sense that hold off on signing him to make the fifth pick more valuable to try and trade that pick, maybe to convince people that because we haven't re-signed Gino yet, we're going for that quarterback with that fifth pick. Whereas, I mean, other teams won't know if we're trying to sign Gino or not. So yeah. we could we could basically bluff and be like, all right, well, we're going to use the fifth pick on this guy. Unless you want him, we can trade him to you, and then you give us like I'm I'm mainly talking about Carolina. Like we or could even the Raiders too at seven. Yeah, like we could kind of hold that pick hostage and just talk with both of those teams and try and get their next year's first. Which again, that's what I would want to do. I would want to load up on draft picks and get a team's first pick for next year that I would think would not have a successful yeah, season. Cause think of it this way. What if, what if we trade our pick move down two to five, two to five spots? I want to stay in the top 10. I don't want to go further Same. than the top 10. Same. Um, what if we do that? That team we trade for their 2024 first round pick shits the bed. All of a sudden we end up with Caleb Williams in 2024. Who's better than all of these quarterbacks, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, very 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 dream like pipe dream scenario but dude i mean did we think we were gonna get the fifth overall pick when we traded russell wilson no like a boy can dream you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah i'm with you but what's so fun about this is all the options are on the table and we have no idea what's gonna happen until april 27th Mm -hmm. but um normally every draft day we have to wait two hours before we pick this year it's gonna be in the first 30 minutes and every pick before us is going to, there's going to be so much tension because are they going to trade? Are they going to take this guy? Like, yeah. it's going to be the funnest draft I think I'll have ever watched because of that. I think that's just kind of watching the draft last year. I feel like that's going to be every year. It's going to just get better and better because we're going to, uh, we're, we're just going to be more knowledgeable of yeah. the draft and what to expect, like expecting the unexpected. And I, yeah, I, watching the draft has made me, I think, um, uh, just as far as an NFL fan goes, it's brought my awareness levels of the league like tenfold. Like, yeah, it is like so much, so much better than it was. I've prior. also been making way better fantasy moves since I started <laughs> paying attention. I wish I'd done this years ago. It, yeah, it is kind of, I mean, because we're in that dynasty league, it's kind of crucial for us to pay attention to that, uh, to this, to be successful. And I mean, we all gamble with that league, so we would kind of be stupid and it would kind of be like lackluster of us to not do that Mm -hmm. and shoot ourselves in the foot and not have any knowledge about any of the prospects coming up in the NFL. Yeah, we're definitely going to like be making some video content for the draft for sure, I think. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like how we had some reactions last year, but uh yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, we got free agency coming up in a week from today, Jonah. Um I think just like last year, there's going to be a flurry of moves because have you heard some of the rumors that came up today that 
the Titans are trying to shop Derrick Henry and that oh, no. Bud I'm... Dupree just got released by the Titans. A bunch of teams are trying to make cap moves. Uh, Allen Robinson on the trade block, Jalen Ramsey on the trade block. The list goes on, man. It's it's going to be a wild week next week for, for NFL uh, moves. So I think we should just hold off on the next podcast till... Till all that happens. Yeah, because um, yeah. otherwise it's just going to be all speculation. But uh, Agreed. Yeah, one prediction um, that I have for the pending free agency, uh, besides the Daniel Jones thing, is that we're going to see Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey potentially on other teams by the end of next week. Do you I, think there's any chance that Bobby comes home or I do and boy would I love to see it um but the thing is I know the off season started and we had 30 million in cap space it's already down to 25 million we already can't even afford to pay Gino 30 million this year without being over the cap and I I think we're going to cut some people like Gabe Jackson for example clear up some space but Looking at the salary cap, it's hard to imagine unless Bobby really, really just wants to come home and play for like five million. Um, and unless that happens, I, it's really hard to picture happening because if you get Bobby, you almost can't resign Gino. Yeah, you know. So I would love to see it. It's hard to see logistically how it would work out. Right. But yeah, that's that's all I had for this week's episode. That was I think that was one of the longer ones. That was a little long. That was like an hour and 10 minutes, yeah. hour and 20. That was fun stuff, though. Yeah. I mean, the, the off season is this is the hottest time of the year for it. So it's going to be fun doing these up until and even a little bit after April, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Se- season two of JR Takes is going to be is going to be a pretty hype fest. Filled, yeah. Filled off season. Yeah. We got approved for a higher budget. We got a <laughs> producer. And no, it's maybe one day. <laughs> We got it. Uh, there was a rumor of a, a new actor coming in to replace Ryan, but, <laughs> but that rumor was shut down immediately. That was fake news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far and we'll catch you on the next one. Yep. Thanks for listening.